Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Okay, so in this upcoming episode, we're going to discuss imbalances in the body and how to fix all these imbalances in the body, or if that's even an important thing. Because really, as we're going to talk about when it comes down to it, it has to do with movement patterns and consistent movement behaviors. And one device Jen and I love to use to just change up your movement pattern is the Koba board. How this board is formed helps us get into perfect squats and deadlifts just by the slant of the board. And it's proven, actually, it's studied to help us engage all of our glute muscles better during things like squats and deadlifts. And Koba just came out with the Koba Board Plus, which has extra attachments, extra handles, and bands to help you get a full body workout. So there are so many more upper body options to go along with the amazing lower body resistance training exercise that you can get in with this board. It's easy to store away. It's lightweight. You can take it anywhere with you and it stows away easily under the bed or in the closet. And you can get a special discount right now if you go to the link in the show notes and use code OPTIMAL. You can get 10% off your Koba Board Plus. So before we start the episode, go check it out. Click the link down in the show notes. Make sure you use code OPTIMAL at checkout and get your discount. So how do I solve all of my imbalances? Or is that even important? Or why do we have imbalances? Mm -hmm. Should I have perfect symmetry? Mm. Should I always be able to get rid of my imbalances? Like, I mean, this is a big loaded question and something that's difficult. Like even I get asked, you know, sometimes to write articles on imbalances in the body. And I'm like, well, (laughs) it doesn't really work that way. Or it's not that easy to say. Or it depends, you know, which is like the... (laughs) I was getting poked by a feather in the chair. <laughs> like, what is poking my leg? Oh my God. I just plucked the chair. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can see that. Well, luckily, that's probably not going to cause an imbalance, but it maybe could. it could. <laughs> but we just want to break it down a little bit more. What is perfect balance? What are we looking out for with imbalances and what should we really be doing about them? Yeah, and I think that so many people like to take these imbalances or say, oh, I'm just so tight in my chest and like, that's why I have neck pain or I, my glutes don't activate. And, you know, that's why I'm having such bad back pain. And, and we also have providers who like to perpetuate that type of messaging by saying like, oh, you just need to activate your right glute because yes. then it will fix everything. Yes. <laughs> and like, is that really the case or is there a bigger picture that we need to look at here? And that's what like, grinds my gears the most is when I get clients my ears. <laughs> when I get clients you know in more so when I worked on a regular basis in the clinic whether they came from another clinician or something and they're like well I've been told that my glute just doesn't activate I'm like well you're standing so it does activate but you just don't you don't feel that connection and could that be playing a role in what you're feeling in pain potentially well, especially if it's a message that you've continued to build up and now that's all you can think yeah, about and all you can, pers- like that can play directly into a perpetual pain process that we might develop if all we can constantly think about is not being able to activate that glute. 
Maybe. Maybe it's become quite a big part of why we have pain because we stress about it so much. Well, and I think that's the most important thing we need to talk about here as well when we're talking about imbalances is that pain is multifactorial. It is not just due to one imbalance. It is not just due to one posture. It is not just like, are we getting enough sleep? Are we, and we've talked about this on several, several podcasts, but Mm -hmm. we, I think it's important to continue to reiterate, you know, how much are you fueling and taking care of your body as a whole? Because if our body is running on a battery that is not working well, well, then our nerves are going to be firing a lot more. We're going to have a lot more sensitivity happening and our brain's going to be on alert for all, any little thing that it might detect or feel, which means I could have the potential of having a, a, worse painful experience because I'm not sleeping well, because I'm not hydrating, because I'm not putting good nutrients in my body, because I'm not moving enough on a day-to-day basis, whether that's just walking or getting out of our chair. So we cannot just boil it down to an imbalance is causing your pain. Yeah. The lives that we live in general are just so filled and indurated with all different forms of stresses, like Mm -hmm. major macro stresses and just thousands of little micro stresses from the time our alarm goes off in the morning and Mm -hmm. we know we've already snoozed it three times. So we jump (laughs) out of bed and run and get ourselves dressed and then hop in the car and we're in traffic and we're going to be late to work like already. And note, if you had to get kids ready in that process as well and say goodbye to a wife or feed the dog or something. There's just, there's so many responsibilities that can play into our overall load of stress that we carry. And how is that impacting your breathing? You know, are, are you able to just continue to keep these nice low belly breaths and breathe in and out your nose and stay nice and calm in traffic and be thinking with a clear mind and not be in this stressed fight or flight state where your tension is all around your neck and upper shoulders. And then you get to work and throw your head forward and start pouring into the emails that you need to catch up from, you know, from the weekend or something like this process alone. There might be some people listening out there that are getting stressed, just thinking about (laughs) all of this stuff. I am. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's all plays a role in, in what we feel in pain. And I think that's really important. So when we get back to, well, how do we create perfect balance within our body? How do we get rid of these imbalances, we have to then say, well, are we perfectly balanced in the first place? Are we balanced when we come out of the womb, right? Or do we have these natural perfect symmetry within our body? And the reality is, no, we don't. Our body functions physiologically, side to side differently. You know, our anatomy inside is a lot different where we have a huge liver on the right side that is going to put different pressures on our diaphragm as we breathe, which is going to put different pressures on what our rib cage is then responding, which is going to then put different pressures on tightnesses we might feel side to side. So again, if we're so asymmetrical on the inside and just how our bodies naturally physiologically moving, why do we expect to put a perfect symmetry on the outside? Interrupting your episode really quickly talking about imbalances outside of the body to talk about some imbalances that happen inside of the body. And this is when we're hydrating, but not necessarily replacing what we sweat with our electrolytes. 
Now, we decided to get Element and add this into our own lives and own diet before we even started talking about it to see how it would really feel. We really went with it because there is zero sugar added. And when we got to taste the flavors, oh my goodness, so delicious. And not only that, but I really noticed a shift in how I felt, especially midday. So instead of reaching for a coffee midday, I would fill up a huge glass of water, like I'm talking a big mason jar, add in either half of the packet, especially if you're not used to having and adding salt into your drinks, but adding half the packet to the full packet, so delicious, crazy, amazing flavors, but also zero sugar added and it would immediately wake me up. Immediately I would feel something different and it's like my brain would turn on. It does help with a lot of these common symptoms that we might experience throughout the day, including headaches, cramps, fatigue, weakness, brain fog. It even helps if you're breastfeeding throughout the day, regulating your appetite, curving cravings, and so much more. So if you haven't thought about adding electrolytes to your water, we also know how important hydration is, right? But let's not just hydrate. Let's not just get water in, but let's replace what we're missing and losing throughout the day with what we need to add in. And these are our electrolytes and get it from a company that is actually trusted, gonna put good ingredients in it and you're not gonna get crap added to that drink. So to check out Element, we're gonna have it linked up below and use that link, you get a free sample pack with any order of Element that you use. I'm telling you, you're not gonna regret it. Yeah, and do we, are, are we meant to move absolutely symmetrically as a human anyway like no the majority of us most of us have a dominant side yeah. and we're writing with one hand the whole time most of us even though we might not realize it start going upstairs with a certain foot every time mm -hmm. and you don't even think about it so you're mm -hmm. always leading with one foot because we tend to have a dominant leg that we just naturally our brain and the way it processes likes to lead with that leg so every time there's a single step or every time you're stepping up on a stool or going upstairs, you're likely using one side slightly more than the other. We likely cross our legs over one over the other more often. Um, so again, if we are doing this over the course of decades mm -hmm. and if we sit in class or at work often with our legs crossed or using the mouse with just our right arm the whole time, you know, we're going to be developing imbalances just because of that chronic habitual pattern of our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just like our, our life tendencies, our habits that we form. I mean, I even noticed, you know, I always sit on one side of the couch and I end up doing a lot of work there sometimes too. And so I'm constantly leaning one way. I mean, that's the same thing that we could think about when we're driving or one arm over, like there's just so many tendencies of imbalance that we have throughout our life. And can we say that, you know, this because I've done this for decades, has caused this imbalance that's now causing my pain. We could potentially say that that's playing a role in the story that our body is telling yeah. us, right? But again, without we, can, we can't just pinpoint one little thing. We can't just pinpoint, you know, this one imbalance is causing all of your pain. So just be careful if you're told this, and it, you can say this plays a role in the overall picture of my pain story, potentially. And if I have better control over this, then being able to sleep because I have a screaming, crying young baby or being able to get enough, whatever it is, you know, 
if this is the one area that I can control is changing my movement pattern or changing my tendencies for how I sit, well, then maybe that can start to play a role in the picture of how I'm changing my imbalances. Yeah, to kind of go back to the example I was bringing up of, of the typical person who might be working in the office mm-hmm. and, and might be saying, oh, I'm, I just am so tight in my chest and that's why I have my neck and my back pain. Is that tight chest solely responsible for the neck and back pain? No. Does it potentially contribute? Possibly. To what extent? I don't know. Does the fact that they are sitting the majority of the time, eight hours a day, or watching and looking at emails and a screen that are stressful for the most part because it's work and it's duties and it's things that you need to do and get done and that you're leaning forward and maybe not breathing effectively, maybe breathing mostly out of your mouth with your head forward and breathing into the upper chest. Do all those things individually cause or result in the neck pain you have? Probably not. Do they all contribute to the picture? Absolutely. Exactly. But what we also want to point out too, and something that, you know, didn't really get highlighted for me until I went through physical therapy school. And we got to work with other populations that have had congenital um, disorder since they were born. And this is just what they live with, right? And so say, I mean, this can go as, you know, much as you just were born with a leg length discrepancy and you literally have a femur, your upper leg bone that is shorter than the other one. So you have a true leg length discrepancy, mm-hmm. right? And so, yes, that's going to cause a little imbalance in the hips every single step that you take. So maybe we put a heel lift in your shoe and that, and that helps when you're walking around majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Could that help? Potentially. That could help play a role in, in what you're feeling throughout your hips or maybe your low back, but also would strengthening around all those areas? I would say probably as well. Yeah. Or, I mean, before we started recording, you brought up the example of somebody yeah. who has cerebral palsy, which I, I love this example. I worked with Special Olympics and there were multiple people every year on different teams that I coached that had cerebral palsy, whether it was track or basketball. And... You know, I've I've seen people who have cerebral palsy be very successful in movement, mm-hmm. right? And when they sprint, they're they're almost dragging their feet because you know, to whatever degree they have cerebral palsy, it makes it really really difficult because they're kind of stuck in this extensor pattern. Um, but no complaints. They run. They have an amazing time. They're functional because they're enjoying life and the movement that they're doing. And not complaining about any pains that they may have. And, and people with cerebral, cerebral palsy have intense contractures mm-hmm. all around their body. So I can only imagine the amount of tightnesses that they feel um, moving day to day. But rarely did I ever hear those athletes complain about pains. They, they instead celebrated the amount of movement that they were able to do. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing that I always saw with CP as well, because again, we can look at it. There's so many different types across the board that you can be born with with cerebral palsy. It could be just one leg isn't moving as well as the other, right? Yeah. And so you're kind of dragging one leg um, to your entire body is filled with these contractures and you need to live out of a wheelchair. So there's so many different developments of what you can have with CP. But overall, what I saw even for the guy who, I will just never forget who needed to get out of his wheelchair. He showed us how he put on his shoes and socks and then got himself back into this wheelchair. And it looks painful. 
it looks awful and you just want to help and you want it but he, he was refused to help because he was like nope i'm doing this myself and when he got too big to lift himself into the wheelchair he started swimming because then i can lose weight i can function on my own and i can still live independently and that was his main goal and I think that's so beautiful and brilliant because it just highlights this idea of I'm going for my function over my structure. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to remember as able-bodied humans as well, that we're not necessarily just needing to look at the structure of what's going wrong, but how am I functioning and how can I improve on that function? And I think mm-hmm. that's where we get into how do we address their imbalances is improving our overall function. Yeah, kind of returning to that point of when when it comes to some sort of functional, you know, imbalance that we're mm-hmm. noticing in our life, we'd like to be able to have the one excuse or the one reason, or the yeah. one thing that we can point to or blame to. We brought up glutes not activating. We brought up, oh, I've got anterior pelvic tilt and that's mm-hmm. why I'm having all of this back pain. Or again, we'd like to zoom in with a microscope on this one thing rather than looking at it for the full picture that it is and being able to understand that there's multiple things that might contribute to this um, overall. Mm -hmm. And so that all being said, how do we address these imbalances? And is it important that we do? And and how would you recommend somebody starting to approach this in their own life? I mean, here's the reality. You go to a physical therapist, they're going to look at the things that you can control, which are going to be imbalances. They Mm -hmm. are going to look at, you know, differences side to side. What is not moving versus what is moving pretty well? How can we get the thing that's not moving as well to move well? Because we can't control how much you sleep, how much you're eating, how much you're drinking, your stressors in life. We can't control those other factors. The only thing we can control is is helping you to improve your movement. So we do still look at these imbalances. It's not something that we're now taking off and saying, "Eh, it doesn't matter right? But we're also saying it might not change. We might oh, yeah. still have imbalances, especially if you have something like scoliosis. Um, you might still have imbalances in the body and that's not bad, but we can't also say that that's for sure causing your pain. The so, scoliosis might not go away, but you might not have back pain six months from now. Exactly. So what if we just started to work on, okay, if we're seeing a little bit more rotation this way, but we're lacking rotation in the other direction, what if we just started working rotation the other direction? What if we made it a little bit more active rather than passive? What if we put it some str- put some strength on it as well, you know, or saw where we're feeling a little bit weaker and started to address those weaknesses a little bit? Might that change what you feel for the imbalance, potentially? But overall, as long as we're functioning and feeling better, that's what's most important. Yeah, and learning how to disrupt the habitual patterns that also may be contributors and being able to again the more you can zoom out and take that thirty thousand foot view of you know why am i developing or dealing with this back pain throughout my day and okay yes you can say i've got this anterior pelvic tilt i don't feel like i activate my glutes enough i don't feel like i have core engagement enough like might be valid parts of that picture but Again, how are you sitting at work? How are you mm-hmm. moving? It, that effective breathing can be so important for that example of anterior pelvic tilt because if we're really breathing to our diaphragm and activating diaphragm to pelvic floor and expanding through the rib cage, we immediately and automatically start to pay more attention to that 
rib cage to pelvis ratio or relationship, which is what anterior pelvic tilt is. Our pelvis is kind of dumping forward and our rib cage is flaring out. So we've got that big arch in our back. So effective breathing. Can I pay more attention to breathing effectively while I'm at work so that I'm paying more attention to that activation dynamically in that core throughout the entire day? And then when you start breathing differently, is that impacting your stress? And does that impact just the general activation of those low back muscles? So they don't always feel like they need to be on guard and activated. When we start breathing effectively, we get into that, we get away from that sympathetic fight or flight a little bit and and get a little bit more into that, hey, we can relax in. This work stuff, we got it. Mm -hmm. You know, you you might not be on on as on edge. And so again, just another thing to say, like start zooming out and looking at all of those habitual behaviors in life and how can we start to just crack into making small adjustments in many of them. I think that's so huge. I mean, even like small things that I can think of, if you work from home, if you were to take like a a stretchy resistance band, you know, and kind of tie it around like the low rib cage or even just like a little higher on the rib cage, we want to just get that rib cage expanding out to the sides, right? We just Mm -hmm. don't want our chest to be doing all of the breathing. We don't want to elevate the shoulders. We want to expand the rib cage. So if we just lightly kind of tied that around for like 30 minutes throughout the day and saw as I'm working at my computer, what am I noticing? Can I, can I put pressure into that band as I'm breathing? Or maybe if I don't have to be on a Zoom call, if I don't have to talk, I just put a piece of tape vertically over my mouth and and kind of remind my brain to keep my mouth shut. (laughs) And so then I have to use my nose as I breathe. You know, there's little things that we can do. Even if you got to be in the office, you come home, if you're doing dishes or watching TV, you're going to put a a piece of tape over your mouth. Well, maybe then you can't talk to your spouse or or your kids for a minute. But maybe that's a good thing. (laughs) Maybe put one over their mouth too. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, but we're just saying these small little things can start to create different habits throughout the day. You know, noticing if you're putting pressure on one side, if you're leaning on the couch always on one side, maybe you lean the other side. If you're sitting at your desk for hours on end, maybe you're having reminders that pop up every 30 minutes to an hour to mind you get up, move your body, Lift your do arms something over your different. Head. Yeah. Arch your back. And so coming to you know our general awarenesses throughout the day so incredibly huge and then we want to look at okay let's continue to gain awareness of my entire body as a whole how do how am i how am i activating through my hips do i have this awareness of my breath to yeah. my pelvic floor can i feel my glutes if i change my position of my body in a little bit different of a movement you know and so it, it takes a constant exploration of learning your body. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a movement expert, but you just get to continue to move a little bit every day and use resources that help, like Gen Health, <laughs> to help you to learn and understand your body in those different ways. Yeah, I mean, doing the core plan and or the, mo- the f- full body mobility plan on Gen Health, in those 60 days, if you just did them back to back, I can't imagine the amount that you would learn about the different restrictions you might actually have the the core coordination that you may have been lacking or understanding slightly differently um Mm -hmm. and how much you would learn about your body over those 60 days would be incredible because we haven't like we've been saying we don't want to discount these 
physical restrictions that we feel in, at certain joints or in certain areas. They are a thing. And they're yeah. a thing that play into the picture of why we, why we might be having pains, but they're not the only thing. Right. And I think that's the main message we want to get across. Like that one little physical restriction in your chest or in your glute, it's not the only thing. That's not the only reason. And that's what we need to be a little more cognizant of. Um, what restrictions do you feel you work on on a consistent basis? <laughs> I laugh because I like I feel like I have a lot. Um, I, I do have scoliosis in my body and, and I do notice naturally, um, especially when I'm more stressed. And I will highlight this and I've said this before on podcasts. I know when I'm more stressed because my right shoulder blade will talk to me a lot. Um, and of course I could do things like sometimes I do get to the point where I'm just like, I'm so tired. I'm so stressed. Can you just massage out my shoulder blade? Because I want that immediate relief. I want that immediate yeah, I, gratification. By the way, you were on a gen health live <laughs> and you said that you were getting neck pain and I only worked on you twice. You did. That was total BS. It, it was, was at least. BS. Okay. I'm trying to count in my head, maybe four, no. but maybe just three. It was definitely more than two. No, it's just because I had to get your butt out of your position to work on me. She's just like, he only worked on me twice for like a minute. (laughs) I did not say that. No, you didn't say that part. But (laughs) anyways, yes, I will. I am human and I want those immediate gratification sometimes. Manual therapy feels great. It feels great. Touch is a huge thing for pain. Okay. That's why, you know, we're not against manual treatment. However, I also know, okay, I'm probably not sleeping a lot. I'm increasing my stress levels for sure. And am I actually doing the things that I instruct on a regular basis? So when I'm actually going through a plan right now, um, as we're recording this, I'm almost done with phase one of the full body low impact plan, which has been huge for what I feel in my body and my movement overall, not getting the right shoulder blade to pop up at all, which is huge. I'm actually feeling more in, more balanced throughout my hips and my upper back. I even notice, so I always have like right restriction when I rotate. And I notice when I'm doing like more of the mobility or the warm ups before a strength workout. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I can rotate so much more. Yeah. So weird when you continue with, <laughs> with things yeah. on a consistent basis, what you feel. And so I, yes, am always working. My right side is usually my most restricted side. And so I'm focusing on my rib cage breath on that side. I'm focusing on my overall shoulder blade movement. And I'm focusing on the down regulation response so that I can get that opening on that right side. Mm-hmm. Nice. Not that much. Not that much. <laughs> no, that wasn't, that wasn't a lot of things. But, but no, I, I would completely agree with, since you've been doing this month consistently the full body low impact plan um it has absolutely made a difference for you and i have not specifically been following that plan with you i've been (laughs) focusing on doing three of my own strength workouts a week which been pretty good with this month but i kind of laugh too when people ask me about the restrictions i have in my body because i jokingly kind of call myself just a catastrophe of compensation (laughs) that i would (laughs) started to create ever since I started athletics and started lifting and my movement patterns just really were not great. Mm -hmm. I have always had really high and rigid arches in my feet and I've never done work on my feet. I've instead just put my feet in tighter and tighter shoes and went in and out of wearing orthotics. And 
again, continuing to try and compensate for these um, high arches that I have, which has then kind of resulted up the chain in me having much more of an anterior pelvic tilt where I don't control my core pressures that well. And that has caused me to have hernias, inguinal hernias throughout life and have pelvic pain. Um, I've then going further up the chain and kind of <laughs> more rounded and have a lot more flexion and a lack a little bit of extension in my thoracic spine, which then resulted in me not being able to get great overhead shoulder range of motion because I tend to lack that thoracic extension that helps with really good overhead range of motion. So just throughout the entire chain, I'm kind of compensating <laughs> at one section because of the next. Um, and I'll say that probably in the last like, three, four year journey of working on all of these things. And Since he's known me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great job, Jen. You fixed your husband. <laughs> but to your credit. <laughs> um, yes, coming back around to the core and coming back around to like great core activation through breath. Working on your feet. Working on my feet, getting in vivos um, and wearing those consistently, even though like, no, my foot doesn't look that different and <laughs> I can move my toes a little bit better. Like I, the difference I feel is amazing. And the way that it's opened up the flexibility in my normally rigid foot yeah. is great. And just being able to hold dynamic core stability when I do things like overhead presses or try getting in a handstand like it was ugly when i met you whenever i tried it probably looked painful but now i can i actually feel like i could control in different overhead positions and stuff like that so um mine has kind of been a whole progression of rethinking and and reprogramming movement yeah all the way you know both from my feet and from my core and how i breathe and in how I connect with the ground through my feet. And you know, I'd say one of the biggest things that I need to continue to remind myself is this whole work from home thing. I mean, we work from home yeah. and we live a relatively sedentary work lifestyle where we're we just do. sitting on a couch or sitting um, at a desk and hammering out that computer work. And so continuing to do the things that I need to do to be able to keep my body moving throughout the day mm -hmm. and not just when we go and choose to do a workout or go on a walk or go on a hike, like how during that big bulk of those eight hours can I zoom out to 30,000 feet like I just told people on this podcast and say, okay, how can I switch things up every half an hour? How can I have that timer in my head to do the 30 seconds to minute of movement or get some mobility in so that I'm breaking up those long stretches of being sedentary on the computer? I feel like I was honestly much better at this before I got pregnant because I moved around a lot more. I, I would lay on my stomach and work. I would sit at a computer. I would sit on the floor. I would, you know, I, I did put my body in a lot of different positions, which I think is the best part of being able to work at home. And we have that podcast on like 10 sitting variations that we yeah. that we recommend if you are having to sit at a computer at home specifically because that's where you can, you know, access those 10 different positions. But this just goes back to looking at that bigger picture of how much are you moving overall throughout the day? Mm -hmm. We like to, you know, worry about getting the one workout in or the run or the CrossFit workout, but it's like, those are great. Sure. But how much movement am I doing on a day-to-day -day basis? That's what's most important. How much sleep am I getting? How much nutrients and water and de-stress and, and overall movement, overall movement. 
just mm-hmm. moving in your desk or chair, getting up and changing positions, walking, all of these things have a much greater impact on what you feel for those imbalances. And so going back, looking at a bigger picture, taking some time maybe today to think about that and to say, how can I start to break this up throughout my week moving forward? And then starting to work on imbalances, you can use Gen Health to help that, whether it's for strength, for the full body low impact or mobility with the full body mobility or working on core pressures with the core plan. We have this available to help you in Gen Health and it doesn't have to take much time. So I hope that you'll dive in a little bit deeper and then continue to look at that big picture. Hopefully that helped to make a little bit more sense on what we're saying and educating when it comes to imbalances and something just to start to think about. And again, you don't want to miss out on getting that free week in Gen Health just so that you can start to explore. We do have a 50% discount on the yearly price. So where it's normally $24.99 a month, which you can still do monthly. But if you want to just get in, commit and come into a year, you get half off of that if you just commit for the year, it's only $149.99, which gives you a 50% discount already applied, no discount code needed. So just go to the link below. We'll have it gen.health slash free trial.